0: When the clock's not going, you'll call it off And then my tears will flow. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind.
1: It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments.
0: If you're going through any of life's transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now, here's our host and coach, Joyce
1: Buford. Good morning. It is great to have you here with us this morning. We are talking about second winds. Those times in your lives when you start over, after a relation broke up, you lost a job, family member leaves earlier, whatever that is that you need help in just getting up and moving on with your life. So as we welcome our guest this morning, which is a fantastic friend of mine, and I'm looking forward to sharing the time with her, I want you to first get your cup of coffee find your favorite chair, and get ready for an absolutely fun, fabulous show today. My guest is Chris Vandersiden, and she did something that we really are kind of surprised about. Early in her life, I don't know how many years ago, she'll share with us, but she made two major changes at one time. She changed from corporate America to entrepreneurship, which is a big step right there. Then she moved also from L.A. to Vermont, a small town in Vermont. Now, we all know that is major change. And then I believe she was also in the process of having a baby. So talk about taking on the world. This lady did. And so we're going to hear about her story and about the wonderful, valuable treasures that she has in store for us, for the entrepreneurs, then that would be me. So welcome, Chris. We are delighted that you are here with us today.
2: Thank you, Joyce. I'm so happy to be with you here. This is great.
1: Now, you're in the town of Vermont, in Vermont, little bitty town. What's the name of that town? Dorset, 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 yeah, how does a woman that's a savvy corporate woman make that transition all at once, I mean, that takes a lot of <laughs> courage, I know, and fortitude, right, yeah, fortitude. Oh, indeed. yeah, yeah. yeah. tell me about that,
2: you know, I don't pretend, I don't pretend to say that it was, it was smooth, because we all know transitions, you know, there's going to be bumps along the way. And I think as soon as you accept that there are bumps along the way, suddenly it becomes a whole lot easier just with the acceptance that it's not always going to go smoothly. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 So,
2: but you know, I wanted, I, I, you know, it was all about having a vision for me and really understanding what I wanted and what spoke to my core values and I knew that the corporate world um, and being a mom was not going to be agreeable to me. I knew that would, that would cause far more stress than yeah. uh, jumping ship and becoming a corporate defector and moving uh, cross-country to a very small town.
1: Well, now, you were, you were fairly high up in the corporate world, correct? Mm-hmm. And so um, when, we, when we hear that high up in the corporate world, I automatically go to demanding your time and your attention a huh hours out of every day Mm -hmm. so that doesn't mix so well with a new mom so that has to have been a concern of yours absolutely
2: I think you know and it depends on on how you envision that life I know I have many friends in Los Angeles still who uh, became partner uh, partners of uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers and have had children but their life is very different from mine and I really was very clear on what I wanted and the type of family I wanted to nurture and the environment I wanted to do that in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was very clear about that. And so that was a stronger force in the end than becoming a partner uh, in a company was for me. Yeah. So that was, so in, in the end, it, you know, it makes the choice somewhat
1: easier. Yeah. Yeah. If your values say, and that I'm taking that you had those values because of the, the family that you grew up with. You- yeah modeling your growing up years as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I was born in the Northeast, and I'm from a family of six children, and um, we were, you know, very tight. We, we all are very tight to this day, and so the family was, is a really important to me and how that's done. I mean, I wanted to be able to have dinners with my family every night as I did as a child, for instance. Yes. And so, I, yes, I in a way I recreated the way I grew up here in Dorset.
1: Well, I applaud that because I think it's a very important part of of raising a family to have those traditions, not only live them, but do not only live them every day, but put value on them <laughs> is what we do, that it's so important in build, building the character of the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I hear how rare it is anymore for families to sit down and have evening meals. That is a struggle. So uh, I applaud you on that uh, effort that you did in making that switch so that your children would have that value for them. Um, what was probably now you have a marketing company presently tell me about tell me about your business <laughs> tell me about your business <laughs> yeah i
2: know right you know um it's so funny i've had all of these transitions and you you and i have spoken about how women we we go through so many transitions in our life. And, and part of it is dictated by the fact that we are really nurturers, right? We're the ones that have the children. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that the, the uh, husbands or, or partners are not as powerful, but really we are the the uh, dominant nurturers in the family typically. Yes. And so we have babies and then we make this, these decisions to make changes. And, and so I did that. I moved to a small town, but, you know, if you can imagine, I was 30. Thirty-three at the time, I'd been in the corporate world for twelve years. I was a CPA um, in LA and an asset manager, and I come and I have a baby in Dorset, Vermont, and wow, it was just so so different, you know. And I discovered I I wasn't really um, as much of a homemaker as I thought I could be. I can't bake. (laughs) I, I just I couldn't bake. And um, I was 34 years old, and I, I loved my my child. I loved being a mom, but mm-hmm. you know, when they were napping, mm-hmm. I, would, I would sit, you know, and go, "Okay, now what?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, that do well, you
1: have a very high energy level? I do, and yeah. so I can really picture that that would be an adjustment, as it was for me when I moved and married and uh, started growing children. Uh, Raising children. Um, Yeah, that was a transition that we all we businesswomen always have to go through. Yeah. So and how did you handle that?
2: So, you know, when I, I started a, a marketing company, actually, at first I went out and I started consulting, you know, I, I, people found out quickly that I was a CPA from L.A. here in my town and all of a sudden people needed help.
1: So, I bet so, they to your door.
2: I know, they started, started calling, well, you know, when you live in a town of 3,000 people, it's hard to stay under a rock. Everybody knows what you do. Um So I started doing financial consulting and of course, you know, I went into companies, what does everybody want? They want more revenue. They want more profit. And the driving force behind revenue, as we all know, is marketing. Yes. And so I would go in and what did I find out in most small businesses, they really don't have a handle on the importance or how to effectively market their business. So that was very apparent. So I started a marketing consulting business and, um, you know, I did it. I did it while the girls were napping, and <laughs> and it was very funny. I had I have a desk in my bathroom. Uh huh. Um, because I love desks, I have desks everywhere in my house. I love desks. So you have a
1: desk in your bathroom? Did you I, say?
2: I do. I have oh. a desk in my bathroom. You know what? Michelle Pfeiffer also has a desk in her bathroom. Somebody. <laughs> well, of course. So I'm course. not as strange as it seems. She's also strange, I guess. But um. <laughs> So, what I would do is when the kids would go would nap, and we have a we have a big house, but you know how they are when they're babies and they're napping, they wake up and they cry. So I would hide out in my bathroom and make sales calls. <laughs> That's how I started my my business. and and it just grew and grew and grew, and you know, and um brought it up to a million dollar company. And I still am president of the company. i most of my time is spent writing, as you know, and speaking um, and consulting for businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, to guide them to, to reach their success level that they want. Uh, most of my time is spent there, but I do still oversee that business. And I have a couple of clients that I call incubator clients that I do take care of myself, uh-huh. and I do that so that I'm in touch with what real business owners are going through on a day-to-day basis. It keeps me grounded into the into the day-to-day of running a business. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and are these entrepreneurs, did you say they were all entrepreneurs that you're marketing with,
2: um, uh, they I work actual with?
1: corporate uh-huh. yeah
2: no, i you know it's funny. I do a mixture because I'm from a heavy corporate background um you know I get hired to do keynote uh s- speeches for corporations, I'm doing one at the end of the month um and that's a company that's that's doubling the revenue um, up to 150 million. So that's a big company, but most oh. consulting practices anywhere. Who's just starting out. I like those folks. They're fun to work with, you know, people who are, you know, maybe they have a hundred thousand dollars of revenue, you know, and they want to double it. I love that. That's really fun. Cause I was there once and I know what that's like, and I know how exciting that is, but I do work with companies that are larger and upwards of, you know, 5 million
1: too. That's big. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a variety of clients you must have.
2: Yeah. you know, when I was a CPA in L.A., I worked, I was a real estate tax uh, mm-hmm. accountant, and I worked for big companies, but in the off-season, I would work with small companies. I loved that. I loved the diversity. Ah. Yeah. Because those big business points, those big business concepts, those are the concepts that small business people don't think that they need to pay attention to, and in fact, they do.
1: Yeah. Yeah Well, we are going to go very shortly to a break, and it, it seems it's how you would make that transition. I, w- I would be interested in knowing how you go from one to the other <laughs> uh, smoothly. So <laughs> in the next few seconds, we are going to be talking with more with Chris and hearing more about her transitions and her work with entrepreneurs.
0: We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
3: Hey, kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun-filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on Toginet.com. Now, what are you waiting for?
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are talking with Chris Vandersiden today, and she's telling us about all this fabulous history that she's had from this transition that she made in her early 30s from L.A. to a small town in Vermont, from corporate to entrepreneurship, and created a marketing company while raising her small children. In Vermont now, you you started this company in what year oh uh, Chris
2: 2002 so we're 12 years in yeah
1: yeah now but your life has trans has transitioned much more into speaking and writing and consulting
2: exactly yeah I right. went through another transition yep yep
1: and where did you go through that? How did you de- go from the marketing? And even why did you decide to go from marketing com- company into this other side of business?
2: Yeah. You know, as as we get older, we want to share our knowledge, don't we, right? I think it's mm-hmm. natural. That's part of the nurturing also, right? Yeah. So what happened was people in my area knew what I was doing. They'd find out. Um, I created this company. Now, I live in a very small town, as I mentioned, but my business, my marketing consulting company, from the get go, I made it a nationwide company. Yes. I, I knew that in order to be really successful, I had to draw business from all over the country. And so people would hear about that and they'd want to know how I did that. So, I started speaking locally, you know, women in business groups, you know, Women Business Owners Network asked me to come to do, they did a state conference here in Manchester, Vermont. And so I went there and I spoke and talked about how to develop a business. And so people were just continuing to ask me. And then after several years of that, and it was several years, I'd go out for people, never charge anybody anything. It was at least five years. I would speak for free. I would, you know, (laughs) And then finally I thought, you know, I got hired by a big company to go to a, um, to do their national convention at, down oh, in Orlando. I, yeah. Yeah. And then when I did that, I thought, you know what? And they had an audience there. They had 5,000 people at the convention and I spoke three times in front of audiences of 1,500 people. And and it was really powerful and I really felt that I was really helping these people. And that was really a turning point where I thought my purpose was to help other people develop their
1: business. Now, in going to fifteen hundred, what was the largest crowd you would spoken to before that? About two hundred and fifty. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my 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 <laughs> uh, my throat would have been locked.
2: But- no, you know what? It is far easier to speak in front of a thousand people than it is two hundred for me. The bigger, the better, because. There's so much energy in the audience, and you only can see the first two rows, <laughs> you know, because the rest of the the, the ballroom or the, where you are is is dark. Um, oh, yeah, so, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I was in an arena, so I was oh being, my word. So I was being moved by a handler from room to room, and so um, I always felt like I was having a, you know, I had a small group in front of me because I couldn't really see anybody.
1: <laughs> oh wow. Well, what did you learn from that experience?
2: That was a that was a pivotal moment. That was when I came away, and I really, after I spoke, it took me about three hours to get from outside of, um, of where I was speaking to the elevator bank to go upstairs to my room because people were lined up to ask me questions, and they had mm-hmm. great questions. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment where I thought I really had something to offer and could really help people. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I'm from a family of educators. All my brothers and sisters are teachers. And I, I definitely, I was part of um, way back when the training program for Cooper's Library, and I was part of the, um, the education staff for new mm-hmm. people coming into accounting. So I think, you know, I've kind of gone back to where, where I should be as far as being an educator. I, I really consider myself an educator.
1: But you hadn't chosen to pursue that.
2: No, it really just. Unfolded, and that really is how transitions. When we're open to new ideas and just open to following uh, the energy of the universe, if you will, yes. where it pulls mm-hmm. you. Um, this really happened. This was not a grand plan of mine. Um, I I just followed it, and it felt right to me. It felt like I was helping people, and 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 that. That was uh, that was really what what made me make that transition. I could have carried on, you know, doing my business, my marketing business, forever and done fine. I, I loved my clients. I loved my clients. I loved what I did. I, you know, I loved that part. But I really felt like um, after that moment, after that experience, that that really was sort of my calling.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it is difficult, I find, even in in my coaching, that. When you, when you nurture someone along and that you see them blossom and develop into this beautiful um, person or um, company, flourishing company, it is difficult to um, release them, if you will, let them go off and, and fly. And uh, I can certainly understand some of those mixed emotions you might have. When you made your transition from a marketing daily work with marketing companies into the speaking arena well now, I've,
2: I've been asked to sell the company many times and i consider mm-hmm. it my baby and i just you know <laughs> I, I just had somebody else call last week and i said you know check in with me maybe in a year <laughs> I, don't know. I just you know my kids are growing up my my girls now are you know they're 16 and 12 they're growing up fast i mean I have to consult because I have to nurture somebody else. I'm, I'm, they're not; they don't accept all my kisses anymore.
1: <laughs> tell me about it.
2: <laughs> right, there's another transition.
1: <laughs> Indeed, that's the mother transition, the parent <laughs> transition. Um, now, you tell us about your uh, involvement. Now, when we were visiting. You were talking about the new area that you're wanting to focus on in the entrepreneurship world.
2: The new area?
1: Well, yes, that you're focusing on women.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, women and um, I, I'm focusing. I think you're the baby boomer group. Yes. And, um, yeah. We, you know, we found that I work with a lot of women, um, and men too, but I always say, you know, you and I've talked about this, the enlightened man, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, most of my clients are between the ages of 45 and 70. And, um, I find that they are really great people to work with. Number one, they're transitioning to entrepreneurship, Uh, Sometimes because maybe they hadn't thought of it, but now they're being open to a new idea because they've been downsized from a company or for whatever reason, they're letting go of the corporate world. But most of the people who are entering entrepreneurship at that age are doing it because they want it, Mm -hmm. because they want it. They really want it. They understand it. They've had... Amazing experience. Um, they may have had balance sheet responsibility at one point in their career. They may have hired people. They've gone through the ups and downs. They've seen the economy go down. They've seen it come up. Um, they just have a wealth of experience that contributes to their success. And and that's it's that is a really fun client to work with.
1: Now. <laughs> I'm curious as to what's the – you said they have lots of experience, but Mm. there's also, I think, um, I like working with older people Mm -hmm. um, because they have – some integrities that I find missing in some of the younger ones—is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, I don't want that. That sounds terrible, and I don't mean that to be terrible. It's just that there is a um, a sense of responsibility that comes with a, a person that has had years of working in the business world. Um, also, it it comes with that generation. Where the newer generation is not as inclined to, um, oh, I, I don't know how to put this, work out of honor about the job. Does that make sense?
2: It does. I mean, we've done studies, you know, on the difference between Gen X, Gen Y and the baby boomers, right? Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things that you'll find is that the older generation, they have, you know, in uh, work ethic. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll see that they have an insatiable desire to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're open to new ideas. We were brought up in a time when, you know, we called our teachers, you know, Mr. and Mrs. I still will come across a teacher every now and then that taught me when I was little and I still call them Mrs. even though they're best <laughs> friends with my mom and I know her name is June. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> You know, um, you know. So we, there, there is that work ethic that that they have. You know, the younger generation—they certainly have their pluses. Not to you know, for so, our young listeners yeah. out there, right there, they um, they are amazingly agile, which is a great attribute for success. These young people have it; uh, it's innate to them. By the way, they've been brought up with the technology. They are very, very agile. Now, the baby boomers <laughs> were not as agile, right? <laughs> so, so true a plus. But we've so got the work ethic. We've got the work and right. experience, and those are those are key. Above all, that's what you need to become successful in your business. A work it, work ethic. You've got, yeah, you've got to be. You've got to have work ethic, and you're not. You can't be scared of the obstacles, because there will be obstacles. It's not supposed to be a smooth ride. And the the younger generation, they think that it's you know that it should be easy. And as soon as they come upon something that's hard, they give up. The baby really? boomers see it. Yeah. They will. They expect it to be easy. They like instant gratification. They don't think that they have to work as hard as they have to work to get to the to the positive result. And the baby boomers, no, they they come up against an obstacle and they they will work it. They will work it. It's easier mm. to get them to work it. Younger younger people, you've got to inspire them and motivate them in a different way. So wow. they they lack loyalty. They lack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I certainly am very envious of their computer skills.
2: Yeah, they're very, they're, you know, all every generation has their pluses and minuses, right? We all do. Our, each individual does, right? We have our positives and our negatives. Um, it's I, just really identifying what yours is and then uh, coming up with a strategy so you can overcome it and, and toughen it up, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I believe if you're really on the right path, Life should be a little bit easier about succeeding. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be a valuable ingredient to whoever you're working with?
2: Yeah. If you know, living an authentic life, uh, living a life that's purposeful and and agrees with your core values. I mean, once I, you know, once you get into a a place and doing uh, something that really calls to you, like I'm doing, right, there is a sense of ease. Mm-hmm. because you're doing what you're supposed to do. And When you're doing what you're supposed to do, you become more open. So it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that you're not coming across obstacles like other people. It's just that your ability to overcome the obstacle is easier because you're more open and you're in alignment. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the alignment of doing, of your action being in alignment with what your true desire is. Yeah, It's that
1: alignment. Once you're in alignment, there is a sense of ease. Right. Yeah. when. But when people get off course, mm-hmm. how easily is it because they're in alignment to pull back on their their right course, to mm-hmm. refocus? I and think we, it's easier. Well, if I, I sort of laid that on you, and we just have a 30-second time before we go to break. <laughs> so I don't want to get into it, and I definitely, I'll give you time to think about this. <laughs> so, Chris, so we will come back after this break and be talking about Uh, getting back on course once Mm -hmm. you pull yourself away or or, are drawn away so come back with us chris as you could tell is full of valuable information and enthusiasm about helping others become successful entrepreneurs
0: We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
3: Get ready to live La Bella Vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginat.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into if you enjoy traveling and food and family. All with an Italian flair, then you can live la bella vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on TogiNet.com.
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here's Coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with Chris VanderSiden, the lady from Vermont, and the successful lady from Vermont who has been in marketing and now is, is coaching and speaking to all of the United States with entrepreneurs and large audiences about their careers she's particularly interested in developing an area of, of uh, people between forty five and sixty and helping them create their new futures as well so Chris, we had just been talking before the break about when people are, are starting a new career or continuing and developing a new area of their life they many times will hit a bump they and get pulled off course. Um, I know that's happened in my life, and and it happens in many people's lives. When they take a wrong turn, they kind of wake up one day and go, wait a minute, I didn't mean to be here. So how do we go about, one, forgiving ourselves and getting back on course and realizing we are off course? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, You know, I I always say I like to do everything fast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So yes. I always say to people: fail fast, learn faster, and move on even faster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and just recognize, you know, and, and, and be forgiving of yourself. We all make mistakes. Um, you know, it's it's just a matter of recognizing that you are off course first. Mm-hmm. That it's not that's not quite working. I think women, in particular, we try to we hang on longer um, yeah. when something is a is a miss. We'll hang on longer thinking, oh, well, it's something that I'm not doing right. Whereas really, whatever it is, I mean, I'm I, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, even if it's a marketing plan, maybe you put a marketing plan out there and it didn't work and you tend to hold on to it too long. You know, recognize mm-hmm. you're off course really quickly and then yes. review it and find out why. Why didn't it work? Whatever it is in your life, it's the same rule. Review why it didn't work. Assess it. Understand it. Learn from it. And then move on. Mm-hmm. Then create another strategy, another course of action, and actually execute it. Move quickly.
1: Yeah. You know, if we, <laughs> did, if we could change the mindset to fear our mistakes into realizing they're just begin they're just steps. They're learning steps. Exactly. There is no failure. It's just another learning step. What did I learn? What did I learn? What did I learn? And move forward. Yeah.
2: I mean, my success is, is I tell you, it's at the top of a mountain of failure. Mm-hmm. It is. right. It is. Right. It's at the top of the mountain of failure. And I tell my clients all the time, I want you failing a lot.
1: <laughs> because
2: every time you fail, you're getting closer to your success.
1: Absolutely. You've reeled another thing out. There's some inventor that said he never made a mistake. He always yeah, It was always a learning experience, and I love that.
2: <laughs> it's an opportunity. Turn the obstacle into opportunity.
1: Opportunity and keep going. That's right. Now, uh, getting, creating success is a important. We're all wanting to create success, but how do we keep that momentum going when we do have these surprises that um, take us off track? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, you know, as you know, I developed the victory code and I have a new book coming out at the end of May. And I use the victory code with all of my clients. And I think that most people work better and perform better if they have a framework to work within, Mm -hmm. right? Because boundaries give us comfort. Yeah, It did as a child. It does as an adult. If Mm -hmm. I have a plan of action and I adhere to it, even if I fail, I know that I have a plan for that. Mm. And I'll go forward. So the victory code um, helps create this framework so that you're moving forward. And it talks about obstacles, too. It has a plan for obstacles.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 Now tell us about this book.
2: Yeah. So the victory, it's called The Victory Code. Um, The book itself, the new one coming out is Seven Steps to Entrepreneurial Victory. And it breaks down uh, moving a company, either you're in a company, maybe you're stagnant, Um, you want to elevate your revenue, everybody wants more profits. Um, It'll help those people or people who are deciding that they want to become entrepreneurs. Maybe they're just starting a business for whatever reason. Um, So the Victory Code gives a outline of how to do this. So the first, the V, is is vision, understanding the vision, what it is you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. As you and I know, most people don't take the time to even create a vision. And I'll tell you, if you don't know where you're going, it's going to be really hard to get there.
1: Right. Right. Indeed. I'm so, so glad for GPS. I'm so I happy know, for right? GPS. Yes, oh,
2: I wish I <laughs> had a GPS for my life, though. Don't you? I mean, it would make it all so much easier.
1: <laughs> but it <laughs> would take out some of the adventure.
2: It would, it would. Well, it would. It would. It'd be like you know, at 33, you're going to take a hard right to Vermont, and it. At- <laughs> <laughs> at thirty-seven, you're going, take, you're going to do another really kind of a soft lesson. You develop a company, and then you're forty-two. You're going to take another uh, pretty hard right and become a, you know, a speaker. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, the V is vision. The I is identifying the gap. What's the gap? What's the difference between where you are today and what your future vision looks like? The C is creating the strategies and tactics to bring that future vision into reality today what are the steps what are the strategies the whole overlying umbrella what are you going to do to create that vision to make that reality and the strat the tactics what are the actual steps you'll take and then the T is taking action and, mm-hmm. and time management I have a whole chapter on time management because I'll tell you you know this too from your consulting practice what do they say when they say they didn't they weren't able to accomplish something nine times out of yeah. ten don't have the time
1: Right, yeah. So I yeah. talk
2: a lot about time management, mastering your time. Um, the always overcoming obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we have obstacles that are external, right? And then we have obstacles yeah. that are internal.
1: It's the internal ones that, I ch- that challenge me the most. Absolutely. Right? It's getting over those things that stop us from being who we should be.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Joyce, have you ever in your practice had somebody that you know is so positioned for success Mm-hmm. And and you look at them and you think why 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 are they not achieving what they want to achieve? It's mm-hmm. always something
1: internal, isn't it? It is. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's something that's stopping them, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of a, a a game almost to discover what that is. But to allow them to discover it is it's always the challenge, isn't it?
2: Right. It's it's leading them to peel back the layers of the onion. Yeah. And to discover what it is. Frequently, you know, I talk about mindset of success in the book. Mm-hmm. What is the internal dialogue that you have running that is creating that obstacle for you? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. And then R is, uh, you know, key performance indicators, the three R's. Review, revise, redo. Mm-hmm. Just what we talked about. How to overcome an obstacle. And the Y is hanging out with yay-sayers. The power of of mastermind groups, mentors. Um, how to network appropriately, all of that good stuff. Mm. Yeah, So that's the victory code, and that's the framework. So that's how when you're moving towards success or elevating your business, by following this framework, it gives you a blueprint to follow, a little bit of a GPS.
1: Yeah, right. Well, where can I go get my book? I want my book now. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, right. you know um right now we are taking pre-orders we are taking pre-orders um it'll be released on amazon on you know we just had a meeting yesterday with publisher um we were shooting we were doing may 20th but i think it's going to fall to the 28th um for a variety of reasons but we are taking pre-orders so if anybody wants to pre-order the book what we're doing we're offering people free shipping you don't have to pay for shipping you'll just pay for the cost of the book mm-hmm. um and you can email me at chris at com.
1: Wonderful. So it's coming out soon. It'll be here before long. Yeah. And uh, just go to Amazon and order that book today. So you'll have it. You'll be one of the first to have this book. Well, and you can't go to like- Amazon. You can't go to
2: Amazon yet. You have to come to me first because we can't. <gasps> Yeah, oh. publishing rules. We can't put it up on Amazon until we get uh, within a certain time frame. So right now, everybody's just emailing me. We're we're creating a list of pre-orders.
1: Okay, so if they're emailing you, then how yep. do they do that? Tell them how to do that.
2: Yep, so they can email me at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, like the boy, Chris, at Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Vanderzeiden, so right C H R I S, V as in Victory, A N D is in Doctor, E R Z is in Zebra, Y, D is in Doctor, E N dot com. Phonetical, right? Just as it sounds. Van
1: sided
2: Yes. Yes.
1: For as difficult for as long as that word name is. I did pretty good on it. You know, I'm I'm noted for messing up names.
2: <laughs> I know. It's funny so. to see what people do when they introduce me.
1: <laughs> yes. Do they kind of just blur over the last part?
2: <laughs> Most of the time, they practice it with me right before. Yeah. Uh,
1: they get tired of saying it. It's- um, well, um, Oh, I had a great question. Where did it go? Where did it go? Uh, you, you had this book endorsed by a dear friend of ours, mm-hmm. Jack Canfield.
2: I did. I did. Um, yeah, isn't Jack sweet? Um, yeah, he was really interested in the book. And I think the reason um, he is is that, or he was or is ongoing, hopefully, um, <laughs> is that, it, you know, I meld two aspects. I, it's a business book. But guess what? I talk a lot about mindset of success and the emotion. I have tapping, uh, which you know about. Tapping is emotional acupuncture. I have that in overcoming obstacles uh, section. You know, the the emotional, physical um, health is just as important, if not more, I think more, actually, than the marketing plan of a business. Yeah, It really matters. It really matters. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Now, this... Now, this book was your second book. So you wrote a prior book that was called A to Z Blueprint for Success. That's right, yep. Yes. And that came out about two years ago. Yeah,
2: a couple years ago. A couple years ago.
1: Now, that's that's pretty good producing to produce two books in such a short time. Do you find it difficult to, to do that? There's all sorts of stories about writing books and the time and the discipline and I oh, know um, oh
2: you know actually A to Z was a was um, was done for a particular client they had asked me to do this and it was actually a conglomeration of a blogs of my blogs oh okay um, so that was very easy uh, victory seven steps to entrepreneurial victory has been a year in the making mm-hmm. um, I have been actively writing since uh, actually since you and I got back from Bali last year with Jack mm-hmm. Um. And it's now, right now, it's in what they do. They format the galley, the interior of the book. So now it's it's going into publishing, actually going to press. And I am already talking about my next book. So oh. I, I like writing. I yes, like, you must. I write every day. I write every morning. Yeah.
1: So we have really, always been a journal lady.
2: I have always been a journal lady. And I actually tried to write a book. I made my first go at it when I was uh, 20 years old. I was working in Holland at the time it was between semesters in college and uh while i was over there i i wrote a novel that i never Ah, i never did anything with but i do i love it i love i love writing well
1: hold on to the novel because we're going to be taking a short break we'll be back with chris thanks
0: we return with more of second wind with joyce buford After this short break,
3: get ready to live La Bella Vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginat.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita.
1: Place, up in the sky,
3: life. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com.
1: Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are just having a great time with this show today. Chris is fantastic, and she has shared so much of her knowledge with us. So it's been an additional delight to have her speak with us. Um, Before we went to break, she briefly mentioned that uh, she had been writing a novel after we had been talking about her new book coming out, Seven Steps to Entrepreneurial Victory. And you will get that book by going to her website. And, Chris, I'm going to let you give that information again. But then I want you to talk about how you were in Holland writing a novel. (laughs) So tell them how they can get your book one more time.
2: Yeah, so um, please email me. Uh, my website is com, but you can email me directly at chris, C-H-R-I-S, at chrisvanderzyden, V-A-N-D-E-R-Z-Y-D-E-N, dot com. Mm-hmm. And so Holland, yeah, I, I'm Dutch, and when I was uh, 20 years old, I was telling Joyce, I, uh, during college, I was a professional high diver. Um, so I, I dove on the American high diving team and we did exhibitions in Europe, but I was based in Holland because I'm Dutch. And so I was with um most of the professional divers were were older than I was. I was 20 at the time and most of them I think the average age was 28 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all friends of Greg Louganis. It was during the um the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles. So they were all talking to Greg Louganis in between his uh <laughs> competitions and I was this, you know, I was 20. And, It wasn't that big of an age difference, but, you know, I felt like I was a kid, and they all called me Little Rookie. So they'd go out at night in Amsterdam and do, you know, they'd go out and do their partying or whatever. And I would sit in my room and and write this novel.
1: (laughs) And was it about the life of an Olympian? A a, a high diver? Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, it um, it was a story, as I recall. Um, that was, you know, I love 19th century English novels. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to recreate that without having much, you know, before then there was no internet, there was no research. You'd go to the library and research. Hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, right? right? <laughs> oh, that's so right. <laughs> oh my God. It was so fun. So, so yeah. So, so yeah, I've always been um, pretty active and athletic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you are an avid runner now. Yeah,
2: I um, I was always a runner as an adult. I used to race. Um, I raced competitively until, you know, right up until I had, actually, when I got pregnant with my first child, I'd just come off doing the LA Marathon. Um, and when I was in my 40s, I decided that I couldn't run that many miles, that it wasn't quite healthy uh, mm-hmm. to do that a week. So I started doing triathlons, and I do um, a triathlon a year with a good friend of mine from college. It's just hysterical. We're only out there to just have a bunch of fun, and we do. (laughs) And so now my world is swim, bike, run. (laughs) Swim,
1: Swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, run, yes.
2: But I think that that helps my energy and um, gives me clarity. A lot of my ideas for writing or even when I'm consulting, a lot of my answers come when I'm writing or when I'm Mm -hmm. running. Running,
1: I would imagine, yeah.
2: Yep, and I meditate every morning, too, before I get out of bed. And a lot comes then, too. So, so mind, body, awareness, and health is so
1: important to your success. Oh, indeed. Now, if you were to leave my listeners with an important uh, word of advice, what would that be?
2: You know, the one thing I say over and over to so many people and when I'm interviewed is success knows no boundaries. It's not prejudice. Everybody has it within themselves to become as successful as they desire. It's mm-hmm. just all about figuring out what you want and taking action. Everybody has it in themselves to be exactly who they want to be.
1: Hmm. That's have- a powerful thought. hmm You really sit with it for a moment. It's pretty darn powerful, isn't it? Everybody pa- holds so much potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all own it. Do you believe that if somebody uh, has a dream, wants to be successful, makes lots of mistakes, they will eventually get to their goal? Is it the persistence that keeps them there and gets them there? Mm
2: -hmm. The 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 goal has to be in alignment with what they're capable of doing. You know, I always say so. You know, I'm I'm probably not going to become a rock star, although I love to sing. Oh, are you good? (laughs) But my daughters will tell you I don't have the talent.
1: (laughs) Oh, as only daughters would. (laughs) Exactly,
2: right. So it has to be in alignment with your capabilities, right? But yes, I absolutely believe that if you have a vision of what you want and you pursue it, with endless vigor, you will attain your, your success. I do. I do.
1: Yeah, that's pretty powerful right there. And should give most entrepreneurs that are starting into a new career a big push, an energy push that that's almost like it's out there. Just go out there and get it. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I would say most... 40s to 60s, one of those things that will keep us living small and not growing would be the thing, well, I'm too old. Had heard that one before.
2: <laughs> I'm, too I'm too old. Really?
1: Uh-huh. Julia
2: Child didn't start cooking until she was in her 40s. She didn't have a show till she was fifty. Yeah. You know, you no, know, there are so many examples of it. we're gonna we're living longer. More vital lives than we ever have in the in the past. Mm -hmm. We have a long way to go. Gosh, you might as well do it exactly the way you want. Go get it,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) Because we come with a lot of tools already, and sometimes we they become so much so much a part of our lives that we don't even see them as talents. Yeah, you know,
2: it's it's Mm -hmm. really identifying your strengths and leveraging those strengths. Mm -hmm. And and then having a system, you know, to put it into play, you know, it's all there. Success is there for the taking like never before. It's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. We have more resources. We have no boundaries thanks to the the Internet. It's fabulous. We've never had as much energy. We've never had as long lives. I mean, 50, 60, (laughs) 70, start it. Come on.
1: Do you ever have a challenge with any of your older um, entrepreneurs dreaming big enough? I find that one thing they just don't dream big enough.
2: Oh, God, all the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Starting a new client this Friday. I can't wait. She's 57. She's just going to start the victory program with me. She's 57. She has a product. We're gonna take it to market. It's fabulous. And when I first told you, know, I ask, I always ask them, "What is your vision? What do you want?" Well, I just want to make. I don't think I don't know if I could make fifty thousand dollars this year. That'd be good, Chris. I'm like, oh baby, we're gonna double that easily. <laughs> you know? And sometimes they don't. They don't understand, and it's hard. They don't. They don't. They don't want to be disappointed, right? Right. Sometimes They'll go low, and women do that a lot. Well, I'm going to go low just to make sure I'm not disappointed. Oh, forget about it. Go high, and if you fail, it won't be that big of a failure. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) You'll end up above where you thought you were going to end up anyways.
1: (laughs) I love that energy. Love that. I need for you to bottle that. I think you could sell it, Chris. I really do. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, my God. Now, Chris and I had the... um, Pleasure of meeting, on a trip where we went to uh, a to a workshop with with Jack Canfield, and we have a group of lis- listeners out there that I really want to say good morning to. Thank you for checking in. We know you're out there, and we we love that you've tuned in this morning. Right? Correct, Chris?
2: Oh gosh, yeah, it's great, and yeah, shout out to those those good pals of ours. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we have just a couple of minutes left, Chris. And I am um so curious about what your goals might be for the next year.
2: Oh yeah. Oh wow. I've got so much going on. I really do. This is a great year. The book coming out. Uh we're growing the business. Um my marketing company, I you know, I just had I have a great gal, great Gail, who works for me, and just called me last week, and apparently we're going to grow that business this year, too. So we've added two more employees, so that's kind of exciting. So I'll see that grow a little bit. And my speaking business, you know, my whole goal is always to reach as many people as possible and impact them positively. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest goal. We are looking at down the road of um, having you know there is only one of me right so mm-hmm. and um, I have a good you know I have a good pal that I work with my John Beeman I'll give a shout out to him he's he's <laughs> um, works with Jack Canfield mm-hmm. and um, you know we want to somehow figure out a way to clone me so, <laughs> so, so that people the more people can can know about the victory code and, and how it can help them so we actually are um, thinking about adding on some team members um, right yeah, so that we have more people in different cities that can teach the victory code because I can only be in, I guess they've told me one place at a time.
1: I know. Isn't that amazing how we keep trying to <laughs> overbook so ourselves? I know. <laughs> it just doesn't I, work. I try to. I try to be in two places at once, but it's just never worked. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting, but there, I mean, that really does sound exciting. I mean, awesome that you could get this this message out about the victory code to so many people and shortcut, hopefully the learning curve for so many entrepreneurs that are out there trying to change the world. That would be, I, I applaud that. That would be magnificent for so many of us that are trying to build a better tomorrow. So it's been a pleasure, Chris, having you on this show today. You just have More and and maybe we'll talk again, Chris. What could we talk about next time? There's always something.
2: There's always something. (laughs) We could do a show on, you know, mindset of success would be fun. How to develop that. That's so good.
1: All right. Well, we thank you, Chris. I just um, am so grateful that our paths crossed and (laughs) that I could get to know you and know how special you really are. I appreciate the time with you this morning. So all of my listeners out there, I really want you to take this in, take this information, go to Chris Van Der uh, website website and sign up for her book. You will find this a valuable tool in helping you move forward in your career because it's all out there. It's waiting for you. <laughs> it's waiting. So... Please join us again next week. Thank you, Chris.
0: Thank you, Joyce. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest. Second win with host, author, and coach Joyce Buford returns next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central right here on the Togenet Radio Network.